0: To me, it was the right fit. You know, against the New York Giants, like this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here.
1: We're playing New Jersey, man. So there's gonna be some shippiness. There's gonna be some griminess. But we're leaving it within the line. And I'll take a team like that.
2: Once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant.
1: Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your host, Art Stapleton, and our time in Indy is coming to a close. Obviously, the Combine continues through the weekend, but our media obligations will be done today, heading back home Friday night. But this morning, the Edge guys were out there, and... Kayvon Thibodeau certainly put on a show for the Giants, the Jets, any other team that's in the top 10 with questions about where he stands. So we're going to start the show right off with Mr. Tibbs, if you will. And I'll give you my thoughts on him. You'll also hear from him. He met with the Giants on Thursday. I reported that early Friday and then he confirmed he met with the giants and really shed some light about his meeting and how they uh really went after him a little bit and i think that's a good sign for the giants in terms of being willing to go in there and engage with a prospect that may have some questions regarding his talent also on today's show spent a lot of time yesterday with john Schmelk of giants.com he does great work, especially during the draft season. He's talked to a lot of analysts. So John and I went in-depth on the draft, what the Giants may do. Uh, kind of a different take on uh, than what we gave you with Jordan Reed. Uh, but John and I went back and forth. I think you'll enjoy that. So we'll go with Thibodeau first and then make the transition to John Schmelk. I uh, Hope you enjoy all of that. Uh, pretty lengthy, but I think you'll enjoy that uh, for today's show. So let's get to Thibodeau. And the biggest question I've heard this week and talking to people uh, outside the organization, inside the organization, the question with Thibodeau is his motor, is his effort. Did he take plays off? Uh, does he think he's better than what he is right now? Can he take coaching? Uh, is he willing to take coaching? And to Thibodeau's credit, He answered those questions today. They were given to him and he answered them. Uh, Now, you may not like his answers or you may agree with his answers, but he sat there and you can tell this is a kid. He's from L.A. Uh, He was a, a big time high school prospect, number one in the country. So he's used to the spotlight. Can he go from Hollywood to the Big Apple? Is it right? Will he be there at five? Will the Giants take the plunge? Are there teams that will take the plunge for Thibodeau and see the talent and say, you know what, it's rare to get a pass rusher with this kind of ability. We can coach him up and we can get him to the ceiling that he has as a player. You know, if this were this time last year and he were in the draft, he'd be the number one pick overall. That's the reality of the situation. So for the Giants and everybody else – In need of a pass rusher, in need of a player to have that kind of impact, this is one of those that you've got to dig in deep. And from everything I understand, the Giants are digging in deep to see if Thibodeau is worth that spot at five or if he even drops further with that seven pick. So we'll see where it goes, but let's go to Kayvon Thibodeau today at the podium answering a variety of questions. I think you'll enjoy what he had to say, especially the last part about his interview with the Giants.
2: You know, like you said, I tell the coach that, you know, there's nothing he can tell me that I don't already know, right? And it's not because I'm, I'm honest with myself and I watch the tape, right? So if you're a student of the game, you know what you can get better at. And for me, you're right. I, I feel like sometimes I get stalemated. Sometimes I can't I, I can have a second or third move, right? I can't, you know, uh, continue my pass rush and, and, and really finish through. And, and I, I feel like there were a couple of sacks that were left out there because I kind of got stuck on blocks. So just getting off blocks and kind of creating that, you know, that extra move to really, you know, finish through. Uh, my mindset, right? So not only am, not only do I have a great skill set, great athletic ability, but I'm really hungry for knowledge, right? So not only do I, I watch film and I watch NFL film, but I, I I take it to, I steal it, you know what I mean? So not only do I see it, but then I try to go implement it in practice and then I have confidence, right? If I, if I don't do a move, I'm going to learn how to work that move and I'm going to learn how to get better at it. I'm going to, you know, implement it in practice and then I'm going to translate it to the game. I mean Von Miller, obviously. You know, you know, growing up, YouTube was a thing, so I was really, you know, his hundred. You know, he has his, his clip of all hundred sacks of his, and I steal it. You know, you talk about moving with the ball and not on the ball, right? Uh, DeMarcus Ware taught me a lot about that too. You know, going through high school, William McGinnis. I mean, I, I had a lot of influences being in LA, and a lot of guys who you know I either watched on YouTube or, I, or you know I was able to you know uh, meet and talk to through high school. You mentioned Von Reader, obviously, the uh, me personally, I feel like I'm a four down player. So not only can I pass rush, but I can set edges and I can also bang verticals and, you know, run with the best of them. So I feel like I'll be, you know, a four down player and I feel like I'll be able to, you know, really be a big impact to whatever team I go to. How much do you I mean, you know, chess is life and chess is football, right? When you talk about doing your first move, and your first move is gonna set up your second move, right? And then you gotta think your third move ahead, right? So when you talk about pass rush, I'm gonna hit you with speed first. I always hit you with speed, 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 and then that's gonna set up my power moves, and then my power moves is gonna set up my counter. So if you go watch games, you know, if you watch UCLA, you see me with the flat, with the flash dip. That came because I was hitting him with speed, and then I was hitting him with the long arm, right? So I wouldn't have been able to do the flash dip if I didn't hit him with the long arm, right? And then you watch, you know, Washington State, right? If I wasn't hitting him with speed, I wouldn't able to hit him with the long arm, which then Came the the long arm counter, right? So just being able to kind of dictate and, and know, right? It's 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 a it's a heavyweight match, right? It's like a boxer. You've been giving them the jab, jab, jab. You want to come with a hook. You want to change it up. So just just having that longevity and realizing that when the fourth quarter comes, you got to put it all together. Well, I don't think I necessarily had to convince teams of it, but that's the media narrative, right? There always has to be some narrative that's drawn. And for me, I'm an L.A. kid, and if you know the the adversity that I went through to get here and the things that I have to sacrifice and the things that my mother had to sacrifice for me to be here, you really understand how I feel in my heart. When you talk about fire, when you talk about passion, I think that's – it. you can't even really explain it. You know, I mean, I get emotional thinking about it because all the sacrifices it took me to get here, I wouldn't even have made those sacrifices if I didn't let a game, you know, so – I'm just, I'm blessed to be here and I'm, I'm just happy that, you know, these teams, they want to talk to me. They want to get to know me. How much did you have a little bit about some of that you personally you face coming out of LA. I mean, you know, I was, I was 5'11 in the fifth grade, right? So for all you don't know, I had to walk to school. My mom didn't have a car. I didn't, I didn't have anything. You know what I mean? She did as much as she could. And then, so being, you know, growing up in South Central Los Angeles, there's a lot of outside, outside things that could, you know, have kids become a product of their environment. My mom wasn't going to let that happen, right? She kept me in basketball track. Uh, football, you know, I was literally I was playing four basketball games and then playing a football game after that Right just to stay busy because you know idle times devil's workshop, but just, just to keep going into that, like there was a lot of, a lot of things. Like I, I couldn't do everything that kids did, right? And I had to because I was so big, because I was so outspoken. I had to do everything I could to fit in. Right? I was dieting in the fifth grade because I was so tall. I wasn't, even, I wasn't big. I was just tall, right? So it was, it was me uh, myself just to fit in, right? So now, you know, I have mentors in my life to help me realize you're the biggest guy in the room. You got to make sure that what you say is profound and it's articulate. So me just being able to grow and, and really have that, you know, and knowing that people have been watching me since I was. Little. Little, right, so I feel like God is kind of he's kind of groomed me for this platform, he's groomed me for this situation. I mean, you know, I'm thankful. Have you heard this, KT? This week there so much talk about you and Aiden Hutchinson. Who's better? Than those Who's gonna go ahead of you? Yes, surely you've heard it. You met him so. a couple of weeks Aiden. ago, I guess, in the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts on Aiden and you and the? Um, he's a great player. You know, we're we're two different players, but he's a great player in his own right, and I feel like we'll we're, we're, we're fit in two different systems. Um, and me, I'm just trying to be the best me I can be. You know, I don't really look to compare myself to anybody. I know that you know what, what God has in store for me, no man can can take away. So I feel like you know, as long as I stick to my plan and I keep my head down and I keep grinding, you know, I'll, I'll be where I want to be. You know, when the time comes. Have you had so, much what?
1: interaction with the Giants? And
2: do you think your game and your personality would fit well in a place like New York? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've talked to the Giants. We had a Great interview. They were kind of on me, you know. They, they were giving me a hard time, but I, you know I feel like it was like that Big Brother moment where they give you a hard time, a hard time because they really they're interested in you and they like you. So for me, you know, just just showing them that you know I'm really a guy. I grew up in a big city, so a big city is nothing new to me, right? What 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 is giving you a hard time mean? Well, I mean, just give me a hard time, you know, like select like when you bring up, you know, what's going to happen if, if I'm not the star, you know, coming in five games in if I don't have a sack. This yeah. is one thing we talked about, and you know, the media's going to be down to me. You know, everybody's going to be I'm going to be in the doghouse. You know, how am I going to hold that? And I, and I let them know, like I've been in the media since I was a sophomore in high school. You know, so I've been trained for this my whole life, and I know that most of it is entertainment, right? So I'm not really worried because whatever happens between the four walls of, of the team and the organization is what's going to dictate yeah, the future. And if I have five bad games, we're going to focus. On on that next week or how we're going to, you know, dominate the team, you know,
1: that's next. So there you have it. The Giants challenged Kayvon Thibodeau, and I think he was kind of caught off guard a little bit. That was the first time he kind of broke character on Friday in his interview. He kind of smiled, and he brought it up, the idea that the Giants came after him a little bit. And I almost got the sense that he liked it. Uh, and I think that's what the Giants need to do. You need to dig deep on these prospects. And I just think back to last year. Obviously, there were off-the-field questions regarding Micah Parsons, but there also was that idea that that Micah had had this vibe about him that you just didn't know how he was going to handle coaching when he got to the next level. And I don't think the Giants had great grades on, on Micah uh, because of those question marks, because of those flags. But after you see what he did last year and the new regime here, Joe Shane and Brian Dable are going to dig in deep with all these prospects. They have to, especially when you're in a class like this. And we talk about that with, with John Schmelke, uh coming up in a few moments. You need to be able to nail these prospects, regardless of what they may have produced on the field, because you need to know that projection. You need to get it right. You know, the Bills drafted Greg Rousseau last year. Greg Rousseau was a prospect whose stock dropped. He was a top 10 pick. And for reasons, you had his opt-out. You had the idea that maybe he didn't produce as much as he should have. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Rousseau comes and he's in a rotation. In When you talk about in the NFL and in a team, in a rotation, on a defense, that's very good. Um, I think... I think Thibodeau's in play. I'm not convinced the Giants take him, but I like the fact that they're digging in. So we'll talk a little bit about Thibodeau as well with John Schmelk. but let's get to our supersized interview about the draft with John, and I think you'll enjoy it. All right, as promised, now I'm joined by John Schmelk. Jack of all trades. Giants guy. Giants guy. (laughs) (laughs) Host, writer, podcaster. Yeah. You know, czar of Giants.com in some ways.
0: Uh, Thanks for joining me. We're always, we're flipping the roles now. I've been been asking questions all week. I'm happy to answer a couple of them here, Art. And you got a ton of, a
1: ton of information. Before we get into what we want to talk to, Pump some of your stuff. Yeah, what, what did you guys put out this week? Oh so uh, yeah,
0: I mean we have. I don't know when this is going to post, but we have Big Blue Kickoff Live, which is our daily call-in show. We're not really taking calls this week because we have so many guests on. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday live from the Combine, twelve to one. Uh, we're putting up Giant Huddle podcast uh, all weekend, uh, through, you know through Sunday. New one every day. And we've had Daniel Jeremiah on, Charles Davis, uh, Jordan Reed, Mike Tannenbaum's coming up. Uh, Dean Brugler is going to be with us on Friday. He's fantastic. A couple of the pro football focus guys. So just make sure you check that out. And we're doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff with some of our scouts and you know all that sort of stuff. And
1: too, if people so. want to catch up, obviously they can just go to Giants.com, even if yeah. it's not live. right? All the Giants mobile apps, podcast it platforms
0: week. and all that. And by the way, we did a Q&A with Joe Shane, too. Uh fan Q&A that went up earlier in the week. We the video and audio that up, too. So make sure you go check that
1: out. Awesome. Absolutely. Go to Giants.com. they got a lot of great content. and. It's worth going. It's not ah, I don't want to go to a team site. you know I want John and some of the guys over there do a great job keeping it straight down the middle. We try. So you deserve you deserve kudos for that. Thank you. you you do what you can. Uh, all right, let's dive in a little bit. You and I have been together a little you know all week
0: really going in. Where do you one of the reasons I'm so tired right now, art? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but
1: where do you go when you when you're looking at this team and
0: this draft, where do you go
1: first? I mean, it's got to be the offensive line, right? I mean, Yeah, I mean, you- if
0: I didn't, I'd have fans with pitchforks and torches chasing me around central New Jersey. I mean, I mean Art, this one guy that's we know for sure is going to be back in Andrew Thomas and is good. You know, Nick Gates, who knows with that injury? You just don't know. You know, Shane Lemieux, maybe. But, I mean... He- did he prove that he was a starting caliber guard in his rookie year? No, never really got the chance, right? No, I mean, I don't. And then his second year was lost due to a knee injury. So, you know, right tackle is a, is, is a barren wasteland. You know, Will Hernandez is a free agent. Who's the right guard? I don't know. So, look, you probably have to find four new starters. So, and a couple of those are going to have to come in the draft because they're not going to have enough money to buy more than one or two mid range interior offensive linemen in free agency. So, yeah, uh, it's got to be offensive line. And it's frankly, it's not a bad draft to be in that situation. Right. You know, look, we can
1: sit here and like you and I talked about when I was on with you for for your show, the idea that... We can always go to Evan Neal and Iki Aquanu and say, well, just get one of those guys at five and they'll be fine. We don't even know if they'll make it to five. Both, Neither of us believe they'll be at five. Not so, right now. So you know what? Let's not spend time on that conversation. We're both impressed with those guys. Uh, you know, we can talk all the time. I'm sure you've talked about it on your shows all week. So if someone wants to hear you talk about them, they will go to your shows. Yes. You also do a great job, and we were talking about this, of breaking down film, not not to the point where I'm gonna break down film, but you go heavy into the draft and look at all these prospects. It's fun, I like it. Give me some of your guys that you like for day two, day three, or even a trade back in, in round one if if that presents itself for Joe Shane. You yeah, don't the,
0: have to give me a whole list. No, but- I gotcha. I got some names. Uh, the thing that bothers me, Art, and it, you know, picking five and seven, you should be throwing a party and be like so happy and this is great. I mean, this is not a great year to be picking five and seven. I mean, we talked about it when you were on Big Blue Kickoff Live, right? You take the top nine non-quarterbacks from last year's draft, and I'll go through them again. You have the two offensive linemen, Penny Sue and Rashawn Slater. You have the two cornerbacks, Sertan and JC Horn. Uh, You have the three wide receivers, Smith, Waddle, Chase, uh, and Micah Parsons, right? Those are nine, the nine blue-chip guys from last year's draft. You know, if you stack them in this year's draft class those are probably nine of the first 12 or 13 maybe not the first nine but nine of the first 12 or 13 guys so it's just not that great of a draft class at the top there aren't many guys that you feel really great about that there isn't some risk in selecting them and when you're picking five and seven you hate to pick a guy that you're like oh boy i don't if this doesn't work out, then maybe this guy's not going to be that good. Like you don't want to be in that spot. For me, the meat of this draft, and then, by the way, it's Joe Shane's job to find those guys at five and seven, sure, and I'm sure he'll do it. He's a lot better at it than I am, and, and you are. So, I would love to be in a situation where I have multiple picks between like twenty and fifty this year. I think that's the meat of this draft, where. You know, you look back at the 2013 NFL draft, the second 15 picks of the first round were exponentially better than the first 15 picks of the first round. Hmm. I don't know if that's quite going to be what this year is, but it'll be similar, right? You go to the 2013 draft, that was the Geno Smith draft. Um, Who was the quarterback that the Bills drafted? E.J. Manuel, right? So. Quarterbacks drafted later in the first round. What's going to happen this year? Quarterbacks drafted later in the first round. Offensive lineman that 2013 draft. That was the Eric Fisher draft, the Luke Jokel draft, the, um, not Deion, Deion Jordan, the, yep, uh, the Deion defensive Jordan.
1: tackle. Right. Uh, the, uh, edge guy. Yeah, he correct. Floated around yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I think he was a third pick or maybe it was a defensive tackle, whatever. But it was a lot of big people early, Right. And there are good players to be had, they're just harder to find. So if I'm the Giants and I can move back from especially from that seven hole, if you can, and I don't know if you can this year because no one's gonna want to cheer up for a quarterback, <laughs> I'd love to do it to try to pick up a pick it like let's say a team like the Steelers want to get their franchise quarterback or a team like the Saints that's you know picking late in that first round. That'd be great, yep. but I just don't think it's gonna be available to you. So and you so I would love to get multiple picks in that area. So the Giants do have one at the top of the second round. So you look at some of the off. Like, let's say you don't get a tackle of five and seven. You know, do you roll a dice on a Bernard Raymond from Austria? I had Austin Gale on. He said he talked to uh, Paul Alexander, who's the big offensive yeah. line coach, right? Former offensive line coach for the Bengals, oh, a lot of other teams. And he got, he
1: tang- Paul tangled himself up with the whole Andrew Thomas when he was a rookie, remember? Yeah,
0: that? he did, absolutely. And And Andrew Thomas worked out pretty well in year yeah. two. Um, and he said, he told Austin, that Bernard Raymond takes coaching better than any other player he's coached in the last five or ten years. Wow. This is a kid that's only played football for four years. He started as a tight end at Western Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Raymond? I think that's where he's at. He's one of those smaller—I'm pretty sure yeah. it's Western Michigan. And he started as a tight end. He's put on 40 or so pounds over the course of his college career— He's got really good feet. He's going to test out the charts. Now, he was up and down at the Senior Bowl. But he's a guy, if he's sitting there with your pick at, you know, on the top of the second round and you want to take a developmental tackle, pick him. Right. The Minnesota kid, awesome. Fa'alele, 6'8", 375 pounds. I think he said he's he's going to weigh in it this week. Yeah. He showed up at Minnesota at 425 pounds. Wow. He can move. He's an athlete. If you can get him down another 20 pounds to play him at 350, That's right. you know, you might have a player there. So, <coughs> pardon me, there are offensive tackles to get in that second round. Edge is another spot, man. Like, there's a lot of edge players. There's Boye Mafé from Minnesota last at the top of the second round. Could be really good. Kingsley Bari from South Carolina. He could be a really good player. So, you know, you know, uh, Luca Ebikidi from Penn State. Yep. Does he last at the top of the second round? Like, there are going to be guys that are there that are good that could be better than Kayvon Thibodeau, that could be Like, would it shock me if Bernard Raymond in three years is a better player than Charles Cross? It would surprise me, but it wouldn't, like, blow me away, shock me. Right, And that's the seventh pick versus the 38th pick. Like, that's the type of draft we're looking at.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think you made a good point, too. The idea is that it's going to be easy and fans are going to say... Well, then just trade back a couple spots if it's not worth that value. But what are teams going to trade up for? I mean, I guess, what do you root for? You root for that maybe the Steelers, like you said, fall in love with Malik Willis. And Malik Willis lights it up tonight. And, you know, you look in where he's at and they feel like there are a couple teams that really like Willis and they need to move up and maybe Joe Shane gets an offer from somebody and moves down. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, so it, look, it, you're right. It, it's, would you rather be the Eagles where they're sitting with their picks in the teens? You know, initially you'd say, oh man, see the, because at one point the Eagles picks were in the top 10. Where are
0: the Eagles was at 14, 15, 18? Is Something that what they're like at? That. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, if if i were the giants i'd almost you know it, sometimes it sounds stupid though when you say that right because you're you're moving away from guys who can be better prospects but you know you know penning penning is somebody who i look at left tackle and i say boy i'm going to draw the comparisons and say shane and brandon bean in buffalo love spencer brown they got him as a steal at northern iowa you know penning <laughs> would would seem to fit that same kind of mold they probably really like him but do you really like him and take cartwheels if you're picking him in the top 10 like i I don't think he's a top 10 prospect and
0: i don't think he gets to you in the second round
1: correct so maybe maybe they look at and and do top of the second round and try to find an asset and move up back into the first round
0: And grab a guy like that, and they have and they have extra picks on day three. They have two threes. They can do something like that. So what is the cost?
1: You know, it depends on the cost. You know, talking to Jordan Reed, uh, as you did. I don't know if you guys got into it, but he said he felt as though there were a lot more tackles than interior guys, which is completely different than last year or the last two years combined. Right? There were more tackles at the top end of the draft, but interior guys you can get them in the day two, day three. Now. I think it's more tackle heavy, and you're looking for those developmental tackles in day two, day three, and the interior guys will go. So it'll be interesting to see how early those guys go. You know, look, like you said, four guys across, across the board. So it's an interesting thing. You mentioned Thibodeau. I wanted you have a point on that. No, line, I
0: mean, what? I was I was just gonna say that. Look, you can find interior offensive linemen in the mid rounds if you can. You know, there might not be a lot of them, but you can find one. Yeah, one guy I was impressed by today was actually Jamari Salier. from Georgia, from Georgia, right? from Georgia yep. who played tackle at Georgia, and he's expected to move into guard. Uh, he shut down might be strong, but he handled Aiden Hutchinson extremely well in the college football playoffs. Yep. Uh, And I just thought he was fantastic at the podium today. I thought he was smart. Uh, I thought he talked like he loved football. If he's somehow there with your pick at the top of the third round, and I had Chris Brown on who covers the Bills for the Buffalo Bills, and he said one thing that they value with offensive line prospects is position flexibility. So look for guys that can play multiple spots. Plays tackle. Plays guard. So he's a guy that can, you know, kind of that David Dealish can move inside, outside, tape a deal. He's a guy that if he's at the top of the third round, I would love Jamari Salary. And he's not going to test well this week. He's one of those guys that's a good player, not a great athlete. He even said it. He goes, I know people are going to knock my athleticism, but just watch my tape. And that's fine. Like, you get a guy like that in the third round to be a starting average guard for years— Sign me up. So that's the kind of guy yeah. that they have to find in those mid rounds.
1: One of the guys I want to ask you because I really liked him and I, I I thought it was interesting at the podium. Uh, Zion Johnson from uh, Boston College. He, you know, at the Senior Bowl, he kind of opened some eyes. He played across the line and they actually took snaps at center too, mm-hmm. which goes speaking to, you know, like you said, the versatility, the positional value.
0: He was left left tackle and left guard at Boston College. Yeah, yeah. and played mm-hmm. center.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that struck me is, in saying he met with the Giants that he met with Bobby Johnson and they started going over like footwork and technique uh on one of the running plays the way it was presented to him that Bobby Johnson wanted to see what he can do in a running play that they like to run that they would bring from Buffalo down here as part of Dable's offense uh what are your thoughts on on Zion You, you think he's an opportunity at that top of the second, or he may squeeze into the first and that might he might lose that chance. I think
0: he would be an extremely safe, easy, and smart pick at the top of the second round. I'm with you, I'm not sure he gets there. You know, he's a slender's the wrong word, but he is not a bulky, physically imposing guy. Right. He's lean, right? So I think he's a good solid player. I think, you know, his lack of overwhelming power probably limits his upside a little bit. I don't care. You get a guy in there to be a good center or a good guard for you at the top of the second round. I mean, I think you make that pick and I don't think you think twice about it. So I do like him. Here's a fun question for you. I know I promised you now. That's all right. I'm good with the question back and forth. I'm turning the script on you now. In a normal year, this would be crazy and you would never do it. In my hypothetical world, I'm the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm Howie Roseman. Ring ring ring. Hi, Joe Shane, also known as Art Stapleton. I'm gonna offer you my picks at 15, 16, and 19. For your picks at five and seven, (laughs) do you make the trade? Uh,
1: It would have to be made on the clock, number one. Sure. Because I would never trade out of there if I still think I have a chance to get Evan Neal or uh,
0: Equanu. Or maybe even Kyle Hamilton. Right, Kyle Hamilton could be there too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it'd be... Does in any of you that be crazy? You're not getting nearly enough value for your picks.
1: Right. I'd be curious as to see what the Eagles would be trading up for. I would imagine maybe they are coming up for a Kayvon Thibodeau who they think might be falling. Maybe they can snare him at 11. Mm-hmm. That I mean, at 7. Um, interesting. I mean, look, jo- Joe Shane has no ties to the Giants-Eagles rivalry right now about the Eagles traded with the Cowboys last year right. if it helps your team who cares to, to potentially cares? both kick they both kick the Giants in the teeth according to you know fans of the of the trades for those two teams so um you know what I would consider it I would I would consider
0: it and by so the way this, that that would never, would happen. never I'm, happen I'm just having fun you know
1: what maybe I put but <laughs> maybe I can get a player that they're looking to get rid right. of and and let's not forget now you got Brandon Brown there as assistant GM so, good point. The Eagles and the Giants making a deal, you know, there are probably players that the Eagles might not be able to keep on their roster this year if they replenish their roster. That
0: that Brandon knows Brandon well. Brandon
1: knows well, yeah. and he was involved with them. And you know, I, so you know what? That it's not as as outrageous because then you take, you know, then maybe you get into the area where you can take a Tyler Lindemann and, and you feel comfortable about that. You could and,
0: pick Tyler and Kenyon Green, right? So, and be great with it, you know. And Penning, what—that's the thing. You could walk. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I mean, dead serious. Right. You could walk away from these, those three picks with Lindebaum, Green, and Penning. Your offensive line issue is fixed. And then you take an edge guy at the top of round two. Bingo. That's, that's some trade. That's why. That, that is... again the va- If you if you look at the trade value chart, you're getting ripped off. It's a bad trade for the Giants, but. What's the players? Would you rather walk away with Charles Cross and Sauce Gardner? Right. Which I think is a realistic two guys that could be there at 5-7, right? Or do you want to walk away with Trevor Penning, Tyler Lindebaum, and Kenyon Green?
1: And peg it, peg it for the Eagles' perspective. Why would they move up to 5-7? Oh, they wouldn't. No, but maybe they would. Maybe they really love Kayvon Thibodeau. And they say, oh, maybe, yeah. you know what? We love him. We can, get, we can unlock him. And they get Sauce Gardner as a lockdown corner that they desperately need. Or
0: heck, maybe they trade up or Maybe they get Kyle Hamilton and Kayvon Thibodeau at five and seven. Yeah. That's not impossible either. Right. right? So if you're the Giants,
1: then that's something I'd love to hear from the fans after they hear this <laughs> whole thing that, that we're going on. Stupid,
0: unrealistic hypothetical that'll never happen, right. but yes. So if you're the Giants, <laughs> what
1: would you rather have? Would you rather have Kayvon Thibodeau and Sauce Gardner, or would you rather have your offensive line
0: trifecta of Linda Baum, Green, Green, and Penning. Or if you like Zion Johnson, put him in there. If you you, you prefer Zion to Kenyon Green, you could do that too. Right. That's fine.
1: So now your offensive line is essentially picked. So we go from saying on your show that I I say about the Bills not drafting linemen in the (laughs) first round that they would somehow take three offensive linemen.
0: And by the way, I am not one of these guys that's on the belief that you have to take an offensive right. lineman at 5 or 7. I would like to. I would prefer to. But if you do your evaluation and I haven't done in depth on these guys enough to really, you know, give you like a firm this guy's definitely good enough at 5 or 7. Right. But like don't don't make picks based on positional need. That's how you wind up with Eric Flowers. Yeah,
1: you're right. And Eli Apple, you know, and and that's really this is
0: me nodding silently. Yes, Yes,
1: I know, (laughs) I know.
0: But you know what? You might get in
1: trouble for saying certain things about about the Giants. I don't think anyone.
0: I don't think anyone would say that the Eric Flowers and Eli Apple picks weren't mistakes.
1: There might be some people who are a little disappointed that that if you went after Eric Flowers, that may you know, because he wasn't necessarily a bad
0: kid. No, kind of kept no, he his, wasn't a bad he's guy. Kept his,
1: he's kept kept his his mouth shut about the Giants. No, but the they US drafted past.
0: him as an they drafted him because he was an offensive 100%, tackle. 100%.
1: Right. 100%. As far as Eli Apple goes, he's kind of been chirping and chirping and chirping and chirping a little bit.
0: Have so. you ever seen our the league as a group of players relish a player giving up a play in a big spot more? Then players around the league tweeted about Eli Apple. McC- Holy cow. McCall I've never seen Hardman, anything like right? it. McColl Hardman,
1: Tyreek Hill. That was number one. Then, obviously, he went after Giants fans and Saints fans. He,
0: he, he went to New Orleans. The yes, city.
1: the city. Which is amazing, considering he hated the Giants so much, the circumstances. New Orleans rescued him, quote-unquote... From the Giants, it's crazy. I mean, we're and, getting. I, yeah. I don't I want to spend no, any more time no, on the no, no, no. Apple.
0: And, and by the way, and that was not me taking a shot at Eric Flowers. He's actually turned no, out to I be know a what you mean. very solid guard, yeah. very solid guard. Not a great guard, but a, but a, he's a guard you can plug in and start. 100%. But that's not the guy the Giants were trying to pick when they picked him right. ninth, tenth, uh, it
1: was eleventh, it 9th uh, One of those. Picks, Apple whatever. was ten. I yeah, something like some that. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Bill Callahan. <laughs> By the way, Tarek Flowers. Bill Callahan saved his career.
0: Offensive really line, did. Jesus, right? Yeah, he saved his career. Yeah.
1: Um, so let's go to uh, your favorite. give me your favorite prospect that you'll do a Ooh. you'll do a Paul DeTino
0: on draft night. Never go full Paul Datino. No, no, that's one of the rules I live by. Actually, but if <laughs> who is your favorite? You can give me a
1: handful. Well, uh, I, I mean, know. if it, that that I when, this, when this when okay. this name when this name comes off the board when the Giants are up, you kind of give a little fist bump you, that that he was one of your guys.
0: All right, it's a good question, and right. I'm opening the notebook here with all my notes, um, and man. I will I will say we hear guys
1: talk about. Breaking down film, but I never see their notes. You literally I have, have a note here and a book and.
0: Yeah, I have notes. Impressive. Um, after today, I would be pretty happy about the Okay. He struck me as being a guy that that I really like. Um, you're not going to do it because of the injury. I think Jamison Williams is going to be an unbelievable NFL player. Hmm. You watch him in a college football game. He is the most explosive player on the field. He has Jalen Waddle levels of explosiveness. Really, really good. Um, I have not watched a ton of him, but I watched enough, and I had a chance encounter with him in the hallway. Uh, Sky Moore. (laughs) Yep. Um, He's gonna be a second-round receiver. That's probably uh, a slot guy in the NFL. Uh, His tape's unbelievable. All he does is get open. And then he accidentally like bumped into me like backstage when I was using the bathroom, and he's like, "Oh, excuse me, sir, are you okay? I'm so sorry." He's like the nicest, most polite kid in the world, and it's like you're awesome. I love and pop,
1: you, pop, you guys, uh, give you a pop for the Giants Life video when Joe Shane actually said that right about you're watching kids at the Senior Bowl and whether or not they say, "Hey, give me water," or "Excuse me, can I have a glass? Can yeah. I have some water?" And that the, to know that that kind of detail is what. He's mm-hmm. watching in addition to all the other things that matter, obviously, football wise, but
0: you know who I really like, Art? I like Jermaine Johnson, the edge out of Florida State. Um, I was struck by his tape. There aren't there's a lot of edge players in this draft. There aren't a lot of bendy edge players that can really win with speed and bend on the edge. I think Jermaine Johnson can. He was unblockable at the senior bowl. Um, I think he's a two-way player. I think he can set the edge too. I know Daniel Jeremiah has had, you know, Tavon Walker going to the Giants. I think Jermaine Johnson's a better player than he is based on what I've seen in my limited tape study. Um, But that's somebody that, you know, I'm a fan of and I like. I like the Michigan State running back. Better than a lot of other people do. I think Sky, he's, Skywalker, uh, Kenneth Walker, Kenneth yeah. Walker, Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, is, is is that what they no, call? No, no, no. Is it Kenny? Oh, yeah, Kenny Skywalker. come on! I'm, I'm, no, gotcha. I'm appealing to you. I'm appealing to your Knicks. Well, I thought maybe he had a nickname. I wasn't aware of or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, exactly. I think he's he's my favorite running back in the class. I think he's got you know Michigan State running back. You think bruising between the tackles type of guy, right? But he's got he's got some pop, and he can he's one cut guy. He can get up field. You know, I think he's pretty good. Um... Those are the guys that really jump out at me. Uh, I mentioned it before, the, the Falele guy out of Minnesota, the tackle. He's just fascinating to me. I mean, he's 6'8", 380 pounds. He's just a gigantic human being. Like, you put him at right tackle, just, I mean, just, he doesn't have to move. It's just like three seconds to get around that guy. Like, it just takes a while. So those are some of the guys that kind of jump out off the top of my head. And if we go along on a couple more pop in my head, I'll let you know. But no, those are the that's guys awesome. that, that, that kind of pop for me. Um, One thing I did notice, by the way, the wide receivers. Drake London, he is a slender dude. Yeah. For a guy that's a contested catch guy art, you wanna see, I think a little like Kenny Galladay's a thick guy. Right? You see him, he's a thick, well built guy. Right. He Drake London, it's not surprising given he played at USA, he looks like a guard in basketball. Yeah. And I wonder how well that's going to translate with his with his strength. Anyway, go ahead. And didn't they talk about him doing a
1: five forty dunk or something like that?
0: Oh, I saw a replay. I did three sixty. I thought Garrett Wilson was really good at the podium. I thought he was good. I think he's going to be. You know what's funny? The one thing that's funny are You look at these top wide receivers. The best wide receivers generally run between like four four eight and four five five. Like the extra speed helps, but the best wide receivers, like look at Keenan Allen, he was a four seven. You know, Michael Thomas four five. DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think – he wasn't a super-duper speedster when he ran at the Combine. Like, the best wide receivers don't have to necessarily be the fastest ones. Yeah. But, and, uh, you're blowing up the uh, the
1: NFL's 40-yard dash, you know.
0: Look at the three-cone, the short <laughs> subtle, and that 10-yard split for the wide receivers. Much more important. Uh,
1: so if you get to a situation let's, – let's wrap. I mean, uh, we're – We'll talk about this. And again, it's up to you. I got you time. Mark, whatever time. you need, I, I know it's awesome.
0: I, 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 have, I finished my show. I got nowhere to go. However, you want to talk. You can I'm go here take a you. nap. That's for uh, sure. Oh no, I will. And I, I got, <laughs> right now it's two oh seven. I got two hours before we get to to, to event. So I got you plenty got of it. time.
1: Um, it, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Like, oh yeah, yeah. In that in that top ten, let's go. We didn't dig in, so yeah, I want to give it. you the opportunity to kind of play it out and how you play it out. Um, What would you do if the top four off the board are... Because you did this to me. Oh, I know. So I'm going to do it to you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Neil, Equanu, Kyle Hamilton, and Aiden Hutchinson are off the board. Giants are sitting there at five. I know what you would have done probably two days ago. You probably would have taken Charles Cross. I'm curious, after getting information and talk to talking to as many people. Would that change? And if, it, if so, what would you do?
0: I would probably still take Charles Cross at five. I feel good enough about his pass protection. Uh, he was not dynamic at the podium today. Not that that matters. But very short answers. So I think you need to dig in, you know, if that is a sign of how he would be in meeting rooms and stuff like that. So you need to figure out, like, you know, can he translate? And can? And that was a question I asked Mike Tannenbaum, which I thought was interesting. I can come on and tell you, Art, what these guys can do right now. Who can block, who can catch, who's good at this, who's good at that. But the trick is to figure out what guys can continue to improve and reach what you think their ceiling is. And that's... Relying and this is what Tannenbaum told me, that's relying on intangibles. And I said, well, then Mike, how do you figure out who has intangibles? They're literally intangibles. You can't see them. And he's like, well, that's why the interviews are important. You got to talk to, you know, the equipment guys at the school. You got to talk to these guys. So I think, you know, I don't have that intel on Charles Cross. None of us do. The teams do. But if they do their intel on Charles Cross and all that stuff checks out and there's no reason to think it doesn't, I don't know anything. I would still pick Charles Cross at 5. I think he's your best pass protecting offensive tackle. In the draft, I think he's a better pass protector right now than Evan Neal. I think he's a better pass protector right now than Aquano. It's a passing league. The Giants have not been able to pass in situations when the other team knows they're throwing the ball 3 seasons or 2 seasons. It's been it's been bad. You got to fix that. Now, he's never played right tackle. Do you move Andrew Thomas to right tackle and put him at left tackle? Tough decisions, which is why I'm not like super-duper excited, like, yay, Charles Cross. But, <laughs> you know, because there are tough decisions to make after you draft him. But to me, it's still a passing, pass-protection league. So I think you pick Cross at number five. And I think right now, if you if I had to make that decision, I think i pick Sauce Gardner at seven. And I say, Derek Stingley's intriguing. If Derek Stingley played like he did as a freshman... In his sophomore and junior years, he would be the drop dead, no question, first overall player taken in this draft. He was Darrell Rivas levels of good as a freshman. Last two years, not so much. Um, You know, Joe Shane has said uh, you want guys that are smart, tough, and dependable. Is Derek Stingley dependable? He said two years of injuries. He said two years of not performing to his peak. I would not consider that player to be dependable. Kayvon Thibodeau, all the stuff you talked about earlier in the podcast. Would you consider that guy dependable? No. Right? Ceiling's really high. play out but how high is the floor, right? So that's the question you ask. So that's why I would probably not look at those two guys just because I think I want to have the higher floor guys. And that's why I go with Sauce Gardner. I don't think he's as good as JC Horn. I don't think he's as good as Sertan, but he's 6'3". You know, um, when Wink Martindale did his interview with Bob Papa on Giants.com, you know, he said, we need long and fast cornerbacks. Sauce Gardner is long and he's fast. He played press a ton at Cincinnati. He has shown on film what the Giants are going to ask him to do. So, I think you sit there and you're like, great. And then you're sitting there, you have your cornerback, ostensibly, if, we'll see what happens with Bradbury. Maybe you you have your replacement there. You have your offensive tackle with Charles Cross. Um, And again, I think probably the front office, this is me picking, this isn't me predicting. Sure. I think the front office might value a penning more than they would a cross. From my perspective, I'm going to value the pass protection first. Gotcha. Then you get to the second round, and I'm hoping that Boye Mafé from Minnesota is there. That's one of the guys I should have mentioned on my pet cat list. Of that second group of pass rushers, love him. I think he has the twitch, he has the bend, he has all that stuff you want. Um, He's kind of the next step down from Ojabo for Michigan who's never going to get there to the second round. He's in the top 10-12 pick because he has a lot of that ability too, but I love Boyamafe. If he, you can get him as an edge guy at the top of the second round, great. If you pick a Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green if he's there, great too. But I think that would be what I would do. I think Cross is my best pass protecting offensive tackle. Sauce Gardner, a cornerback. Two premium positions, which is what If you look at what the Bills have always done, Art, they select premium positions in the first two rounds of the draft. No offensive tackles, but that's a premium position. Defensive end, cornerback, wide receiver, maybe-ish quarterback, right? Those are are the premium spots. You know, those are the guys that get the most money in free agency. So you walk away with the tackle, corner, pass rusher, and then you pick, hopefully, Salyer's there in round... I just give you four guys. Hopefully yeah, Salyer's sitting there Why in round you, three. I'll you get your guard. You Boy, you want to get real brave? Back. I'll give you a second, third round pick. Pick the best running back that's on the board at the end of the third round.
1: So you want Ken? You want Kenny and then
0: Walker. Yeah, if Kenny... He's never going to... I think he's a second round pick. He's not going to get there. You probably have to settle for maybe Dalvin Cook's brother. You know, he could be there at the end right. of the third round. Right. I don't right. think the Iowa State kid, Brees Hall, is going to be there. Um, And then, top of the fourth round, I'll give you another guy. I'm just giving you bonus content all over the place. (laughs) There's going to be a good tight end on the board at the top of round four. And by the way, if like a Jeremy Rucker is there at the end of round three, I think that's a great pick. I love him in this class. He's a local kid. I thought he was good at the combine. Um, I would love him be in the round three. I don't think he's going to get there. I think he's going to be gone earlier in the round. Right. But whether it's Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin, um, Kohler from Iowa State, uh, even like an Isaiah Likely at a Coastal yep. Carolina, there's going to be a good tight end that can help you, either a receiver or more likely a two-way guy that can block and catch and do a little bit of everything. He'll be there in the fourth round. It's a deep tight end class. That's my sweet spot to fill the Giants tight end room, which like we joke with the running back room, is like that empty table over there with no chairs and people at it. I think that's a nice little formula. And again, I'm not picking positions here. This is where I believe you're going to get value based on what players are in this draft class. And I hate to leave out a wide receiver, Art. I gotta be honest with you. Um, I would love to pick a wide receiver with one of those two third round picks because I think in every year now, You can find a good wide receiver in round three. I don't think you can... Would I rule out a wide receiver at the top of round two? I wouldn't because I think there could be a really good one there. But I think you probably wait till round three for that because you can. Um, but I think that's kind of where my mind is right now with the draft, with a month and a half to go.
1: Dude, you you <laughs> nailed it.
0: <laughs> and I just said, dude, I
1: can't oh, believe it. No, that's okay. That's a, Dude's okay. That's a Detino, but that's a wait. Dutino. Is he, is
0: that really? He's a dude. Yeah, oh, I dude, use dude. Dude, dude, dude. Eh, dude. I'm not letting right. Detino claim dude. Paisan he can claim. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Dude, Very he's not point. claiming for me. And I, I didn't make one like marinara sauce analogy. That is true. During the podcast, which is a good thing. You don't that want was, that. Yeah, that, you know what? You you stayed away. I could make some kind of like German like sausage or like kielbasa joke or something that's polish but whatever
1: (laughs) but you know at this point i mean with those six weeks we still have free agency and we don't expect the giants to be big players of free agency but they have to be tactical and calculated in terms of bringing in guys i mean they're going to bring in value players to fill some of these holes uh you know you said wide receiver we have to see what their wide receiver room looks like
0: six weeks yeah, from now. What happens if Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard are on here?
1: Right. If the two of them are not here, and even even if Shepard is here, right, but he started- you don't know where he's going to be with Damn. Brad Achilles. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've got Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, and David Sills. <laughs> That's your three? I mean, if, if those guys, if, if Slayton's not here and if, if Shep is still on the shelf. So, you know, you might you might have to make that move for a wide receiver or do you sign an Isaiah McKenzie who's is an undrafted free
0: agent out of Buffalo? Well, you talk about playing the long game, Art, right? Talk about playing the long game. McKenzie's a guy that Dable loved up there too, so I yep. think that's a good name. What happens if teams get freaked out by Jamison Williams' ACL injury and he's sitting there at the top of the second round? Yep. I mean, I don't think that's likely. What if Chris Olave's sitting there at the top of the second round? He runs. He's going to run a 4-3-5 yep. here and you want to... And if you look at Mike Kafka and you look at Brian Dable, they value speed receivers that separate with their route running ability. Cole Beasley, Stefan Diggs, and um, Tyreek Hill. Speed guys that separate. That's what Sterling Shepard was. He's hurt. Teddy Galladay's not that guy, and Tony's not the route runner yet. He has the physical ability, but he's not the route runner yet to be that guy, right? right? So... You know, what if one of those guys is sitting there? What if these wide receivers get pushed down? What if they like Jahan Dotson from Penn State? What if they love Sky Moore? Like those are guys at the top of the second round that are legitimate options. George Pickens from Georgia.
1: Yeah, I love him. Called him
0: AJ Green to me. Yeah, like that level of ability. Um, you know, Jalen. So about a third round wide receiver. Yeah, Jalen Tober from South Alabama. Yeah, blew up the Senior Bowl. He was fantastic. Good hands, showed speed to run away from people. So, like, I'm almost of the mind now, Art, where you go into these drafts, you want to walk away with a wide receiver somewhere between round two and four in every one of these drafts because that's where the value is because there's so many good ones that's all college football develops now four wides receivers four you know 10 personnel boom yep. receiver 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 seven on seven teams all that stuff that's all the college teams produce now is wide receivers right
1: and if if brian Dable and joe shane are sitting there looking at this offense when they do all this reconstruction over the next couple of weeks and they see well we want to get the most out of daniel jones this season you don't want to leave him short on the wide receiver end either you know, yeah. David Sills is a guy who was in Buffalo. He's a guy that Buffalo cut when he was young. As David Sills, he's fine. He's he's a back end receiver who can come in.
0: He's your fifth or sixth wide receiver yeah, on a on
1: a week right. on a week where you need to be able to call somebody up from the practice squad or or whatever. Um, it, it's interesting. Listen, you blew it up. You <laughs> I tried blew it up today for all the times that you bring us on and ask us to to talk shop with you it's love pulling this reverse so I appreciate you bringing me on why don't you give me one more tease of what you guys got all yeah. on
0: the website absolutely check it out um, if you go to giants.com slash podcast uh, click on big blue kickoff live all of our shows this week from the combine are on there again uh, Daniel Jeremiah Charles Davis uh, Sam Monson and Austin Gale from pro football focus um, bunch of different draft draft experts. Jeff Risden was on with us. Uh, Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, who's awesome. Uh, Dame Brugler's coming up on Friday's show, a Giants Huddle on Friday. Mike Tannenbaum's coming up on the Giants Huddle. If you go to giants.com slash podcast, click on the Giants Huddle, those will pop out. And oh, we actually have a brand new podcast too, Art. It's called The Draft Season. Okay. Um, it is not a Giants podcast. It's on our network, but it's a draft podcast. Like, we don't talk Giants. It's just myself, Tony Pauline, Eric Crocker, And we just do draft. We did top fives on offense and defense a few weeks ago. We've done four or five episodes. It's one a week. We'll wrap up the Combine on Monday and break it all down. So make sure fans go check that out too.
1: Very, very cool. John Schmelk, as always, thank you very much. Thank you. And we will be back a couple weeks talking free agency and all this other stuff and getting ready for another new world, maybe a return to normalcy for the NFL with all the restrictions kind of pulled away. It sounds that way, right? Yep, yep. Maybe even open locker rooms uh, this season.
0: Will Joe Shane mention a prospect name during his pre-draft press conference?
1: Ooh. I I say say yes. yes.
0: I'm with you. (laughs) I think we're breaking the streak, Art.
1: He is a lot You know, (laughs) my my impression... Well, we're going to end, but my impression of Joe Shane is that he's just... He gets it. He understands the role... And not that he's going to manipulate media coverage, but he understands the role media coverage plays in the product, in the presentation of everything that's going on. Um, and that's my—I mean, like, I think Shane just gets it. He's confident in what he's doing, and he's kind of one of those. He's—he's you know, he's not Dave Gettleman, uh, uh, and he's not Jerry Reese as a general manager. He's—he's he's one of those younger guys who has come in here, and he's going to kind of embrace everything as far as this product. It's refreshing to me.
0: No, it's fantastic. No, absolutely. I think, look, we've had a couple of these new starts over the past five years, but look, I think so far so good. And everyone you talked to around the league, you mentioned it before, about Shane and Dable. I think it's... There's good reason to be optimistic, especially with all the draft capital they have this year for sure.
1: All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, listening to today's show. Me and John Schmelk For John, I'm Art. We know you're always all in, so we appreciate the commitment. And we'll stay all in as long as you keep downloading and listening. Talk to you next show.